0: This is the 3rd and 30 podcast, a coach's podcast, where we believe opportunity is everything. My name is Coach Praveen Machpagata, and I'm joined alongside my co-host, Coach Jason Chadock. And it feels good to be back in the studio, back again doing some shows. I know we missed a, missed a week uh, in there, and, um, you know, life can be crazy. And I think we can all agree with that as the year comes to a close, with a couple more months left in 2020. And we can all say what a trivial, crazy year it's been, but... Um, here we are, and the best thing we can do is get back on the mics and, and talk some leadership, talk some drive, and, and uh, get some confidence back in everyone. So um, I know I need it, and I'm sure there's someone else listening that needs it too. So we are so excited to be back in the studio. Another fantastic guest on deck. But, Coach Chaddock, how are you doing today?
1: Coach P, I'm doing great. I am uh, concluding a football season, uh, we, we finished uh, a week ago. So we are we are done for the year. Now it's time to start turning focus to off season and start turning focus to some other things. Never stop. Before right? d- what's that? It
0: never stops, right?
1: It never stops. No, because there's an off season right away. Right. You have awards things to finish out, and now uh, we'll certainly head into how do we build our off season? How do we get things rolling for that? And then and then also, when does off season start now? Mm-hmm. Because we're in a COVID environment, and you know numbers are jumping. And are there going to be some new stipulations? Are there going to be some closures? We don't know. We're all waiting as a society. However, before we go any further down that path, we did skip a week. We skipped a week for a good cause. We skipped a week. And now we have Uncle P, Uncle Coach P. Congratulations, Coach P, on becoming an uncle. And more importantly, we want to throw out there to your your wonderful sister, Angie and her husband, PJ. The, the wonderful birth of their daughter, Anisha Davy. Congratulations, guys. We're so proud of you, so happy for you. Got to see the pictures. A uh, beautiful young lady, and uh, we look forward to watching her grow over the coming years. Congratulations to all you guys. Congratulations to Uncle Coach P as well. We're excited for you all welcoming wonderful new addition to the world. I appreciate Congratulations. that, Congratulations.
0: Thank you so much. It was, uh, you know, I think... In our family, I've said this before. It's always been, and I, I can't remember if I said it on air before. But I, I have three other people in my family. And that's my mom, my dad, and my sister. And that is that is who we've we've had. I have extended family. Um, they are very important to me. Um, they all live in India, and I don't see them as much. Um, luckily, because of technology, we can communicate a little uh, swifter and a little more often than when I was much younger. But it's always been us four: my mom, dad, and and my sister, and uh, it's just amazing to be at a point to see our family grow with the addition of PJ, my brother-in-law, who is the man. Hook him, go horns, and uh, um, I uh, <laughs> and I, uh, my sister. You know, being you know my uh, being an older sister and kind of the age gap we've had, she's been a mom, sister, best friend, sort of deal. And it's uh, it's been a blessing to have an older sister and and see her get uh, be begin this new stage in life and coach as a as a parent yourself i i'm sure you uh can attest how exciting it is and what a great journey it is and how much of a life changer it is you know i remember when they were at the hospital i texted her saying you know life's going to be a little different now and i'm just going to always cherish those memories and i can't wait to you know build so many more because you know the moment i first saw you know the baby anisha she's this it's like this jolt of energy even as an uncle just kind of hits you and you're like wow it's like You know everything kind of you see everything kind of differently, and uh, it's a blessing. You know my parents are uh, are super excited for their first grandkid um, to be grandparents. It's all new to us, you know. But um, I appreciate the wishes, coach, and uh, you know it's just another 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 step forward, and we're just gonna continue to build. And now you know I'm glad I got some coaching under my belt. You know, so I can I already have a little bit of how to sort of be a good role model to her. I hope I can be. Um, but man, it's going to be tough not to spoil that little one. That's for sure.
1: That's always a challenge, (laughs) always a challenge to not spoil, (laughs) you know, and, and here's, here's the part that I'm excited about for you guys and and for our society as a whole. I mean, we, we're going through obviously, um, unique situations and we can keep, you know, putting whatever, (laughs) whatever we want on these. I mean, they're changing weekly and we're going through whether it's coaching, whether it's business, whether it's life. 2020 is up and down. I mean, we this weekend we're incurring another time when covid numbers are skyrocketing and we're imploring people to, you know, do certain things to help protect themselves and, and to protect others. And at the same turn, we're welcoming new young people into the world and we are also setting up our future to help support these young people and we're trying to improve ourselves as business leaders. And that's what this is all about day in day out trying to improve ourselves. Uh, we're either getting better or we're getting worse every single day. And I, I you guys uh, I, out there you can disagree if you want. That's fine. Disagree. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. I'm telling you there it's fact. You're getting better today or you're getting worse today. You're not staying exactly the same and we all have days we get a little bit worse. Hey, you know something I went from being an 89% ranking on Madden to I'm down to being at 87% ranking today. And you know something, tomorrow I'm going to jump it back up to 89 or 90. And that's okay. <laughs> it's okay, guys. It is okay. Um, so anyway, with that, I'm excited for today. I'm excited for the show. I'm excited to get back on air, continue learning and growing. Hope our audience is is ready for that as well. And you know we have a, a bright future ahead on this show we have an amazing guest that we're going to welcome on and I, i'm fired up to get going
0: yeah today's guest is a great one like you said uh, the next slew of guests i mean credit to you coaches is 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 it's an awesome guest, guest list and uh you know we don't we don't like to really give away anything uh, you know a, a prior to it happening so you're just going to have to stay tuned folks you're just going to have to wait be a little patient it's part of the drive and uh just be excited cuz we have I mean, we have – I don't even want to say it. I'm just going to leave it at that. But today's <laughs> guest is what we're focused on. Today's guest is what matters. And today's guest um, is a real special one. I know I've been excited uh, to have this one on, on air. We've had this one planned for a while. Today we have Ashley Collins, uh, host and reporter of Sports Time Ohio and Fox Sports Ohio. Um, been working um, on, uh, with Bruce Drennan on Drennan Live for 13 years now. And uh, pretty consistent, and uh, something where you don't you don't very really see often in sports is people staying in the same job with the same people. So, really excited to dive in with Ashley um, about her experiences and her background and kind of her job as a reporter and a host over there in Ohio. Um, so let's waste further no further time and bring on Ashley Collins here on the Third and Thirty podcast. We would like to welcome our next guest onto the show, Ashley Collins, host and reporter. Of Sports Time Ohio and Fox Sports Ohio, as well as co-host of the Drennan Live Show, Ashley. Thank you so much for taking time out of I'm sure your busy schedule to join a couple guys on a podcast.
2: (laughs) I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Let's dive right in. You know, I think you know as as sports fans, Coach Chaddock and I can can attest to this. When we watch a sports uh, a live sports show, you know, we don't really know the background of who we're watching necessarily, and it's kind of just a they're the sports reporter and that's kind of what we get used to all the time. So um, I'd like for you for our listeners to tell us a little bit about your background and kind of what led to you being the uh, host and a reporter that you that you do now.
2: Yeah, so it was a, a little crazy and a little different and I know there's so many stories of how people got into this business but mine was off the wall. So I went to Kent State for marketing. I'd always just had in my head, hey, I want to do a sales or event planning or things like that. And I had worked at a golf course um, throughout a little bit of high school and then college. And then I started doing event coordinating there at the end when I uh, was done with college. So I had been there for a long time, knew a lot of people there still kind of just, Oh, Hey, what am I doing? What do I want to do? You know, that young college kids always do, <laughs> but, um, our sports time Ohio, they had a, uh, a membership there. Everyone would come out and golf all the time. And just to talking with uh, some of the guys, they were actually looking for a new position, which was a, a quote unquote update girl, uh, during, all bets are off at the time that Bruce hosted. So it was the same premise of the Colin show that he did uh, by himself. So the director of programming just started talking with me and kind of seeing what I had wanted to do, or what my background was. And he had said, Hey, you know, we're looking for this person. And I love hiring people, you know, um, that I can kind of teach and to groom and really try to get in this business. And it was again, right out of college. And I was like, I don't, what are you talking about? I went to school for marketing. This is what I have to do. So seeing him a bunch of times and he's like, why don't you just come in and see what it's all about? And finally, which I didn't even want to do, which is so crazy. You think anyone would say, oh sure, you could be on TV possibly. Like, why wouldn't you not jump at the chance? So eventually I kind of went in, just talked to them about everything and they explained things and went over things. And The rest is history, as they say, because I started there um, in May of 2007, which is an eternity ago right now, and I think back about it, but I really just started, I I started on air stuff, but it was a lot of learning about the background stuff as well, which was pretty cool, like knowing what went on behind the scenes first and foremost, and, and trying to learn the TV stuff, and how to inflect in the voice, and there were so many things that went on, so... It was crazy. That's how I got into this business, and I and I always feel so bad saying it because there's so many people who, you know, go to school and try so hard, and I, I happen to get super lucky. But it's definitely a lesson in, you know, broaden your horizons, and sometimes you got to take a chance because look what it could lead to.
1: That's incredible, and and Ashley, you and I were talking off air for a quick minute, and I know for me, it's it's interesting because I remember watching when you first came on to air back in 2007 and we were kind of joking about that and talking about how it's forever ago and what a journey yeah. it's been since then. Um, when you look at uh, kind of your background and in, in, I want to, I want to, I didn't know about the marketing piece. So let's backtrack a little bit. <laughs> um, and I, I've got to bring that up. I've, I've never heard that before, obviously, like, like uh, coach P said, it's one of those things where we just, we see someone on air and we're, we're learning what they know on the fly. Did you always want to be involved in marketing? And was it particularly marketing sports wise? And did that kind of just transition this pathway?
2: It was honestly a typical college kid, me just probably picking business as (laughs) something because I didn't quite know. And I say this to everyone I talk to, now that I'm much older, I don't think people should pick what they want to actually do in life until they're you know, almost 30. Like, I just don't think that you really realize it should be like a do-over situation that you could, (laughs) what you're passionate about, what you learn, because I I went in and I, you know, you pick, oh, okay, business or or then marketing further down the line. And I just said, oh, I think I want to do this. Or yeah, I I like sales, or I think I like sales or this kind of aspect of it. So I really didn't know. And there was nothing even to do with sports. I mean, I've been A huge sports fan. I played softball in high school. My cousin uh, is Ricky Stanzi, so he played at Iowa Mm -hmm. and then went on to the NFL. So we've been Mm -hmm. a huge sports family always. I grew up watching with my dad all the sports, and I used to have spray-painted orange shoes that I have to wear on Sunday when I was a kid for the Browns game. So I (laughs) literally grew up all the time with sports, but that was never (laughs) in my mind that this could happen. So when they approached me with this and I said, my God, how cool. Like Bruce Drennan is doing a show and I would be involved in this. So it just came full circle that this is exactly what I want to do. And I never even knew it until I had the opportunity to present it.
0: Do you still that have is... the shoes? Do you still have the shoes?
2: Oh my God. You know what? I hated those things. <laughs> I just, I hated the Browns when I was young just for <sighs> the fact that I had to wear them. Oh no. What are we doing? We had just, you know, the. Browns all head to toes. I'm like, could we just not find some orange shoes? Like we have to spray paint my nice white ones. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, it was just um, crazy, but I, you know, always been a fan. It's just like a a complete dream to be able to do that and to cover that and to talk that Mm -hmm. day in and day out and have a guy like Bruce that totally just, you know, accepted me and taught me. It, It was the best thing ever. I mean, I've been there since 2007 with him you know, every day and learning and doing things. And it, it's just been crazy. Yeah,
0: that's a great point that you mentioned that you've been with the same person for 13 years. Cause I think in the sports industry, it is such a rarity that you stay in, I think in any job in sports that you stay in the same location, even with the same people, um, for that long so that, I mean that's amazing that's that's I mean that's probably a credit to your guys's work and probably the community around you guys and and the and the networks but I mean that is just that is amazing because you just don't hear that at all
2: yeah and you know what we've had a lot of people behind the scenes too that have been there from day one you know they switch over ownership a couple of times but it's just been like a family you literally yell at each other you get <laughs> upset you have fun you talk about things you know that that don't have to do with work it's just like you're used to that it's it's a really good thing that they have going there and it's a great network and being then with Fox Sports Ohio as well welcoming everyone in them welcoming us in it's just been really fun and it is it's just one of those things like oh my god what would I do if I didn't work with Bruce every day (laughs) it would just (laughs) I don't know I'm just so used to it that he's just like you know Uh, like a second family member that you're just, Oh yeah, Bruce. Yeah. That's what it is. Him and his, and his wife is an absolute saint of life. So nice. And she's just the cutest. And she'll text me and she's like, Oh, I love that you guys match today on the show. And I just love it. She's like, look, it's just so cute. You know, it's great. It feels like a family and it's so much fun.
1: That's incredible. Can you highlight just for a quick second, who Bruce Drennan is and what the show is because like I know I know what it is because I live here in Ohio. We have yeah. a lot of listeners in other states and a lot in Colorado as well. Can you just briefly highlight it?
2: Yeah. So Bruce has been in this business forever. And when I say forever, it is legitimately <laughs> forever. So You're not it's lying. insane what he's done and continues to do. Um he was came from Chicago and was offered a job here and started on radio again forever ago right so he's always just been uh, a voice of cleveland sports uh he did the Cavs games with joe tate and you just look at what he's what he does he just loves the fan interaction which not a lot of you know hosts do mm-hmm. i mean you can call in on radio and have some calls but He literally just wants to get either in a fight with the caller, which is awesome, right? Because then they can talk back and forth and scream. But what it is essentially now what we're doing, it's called Drennan Live. So it is a two-hour, 4.30 to 6.30, Monday through Thursdays on Sports Tim Ohio. And it's just a live call-in show. We cover all of the Cleveland sports, of course, but then anything nationally that would garner attention. But it's all live. Every single day. So it's just trying to stay fresh, finding new material, keeping up on whatever's happening. It's been the funniest thing for me, can I tell you? Because, you know, Bruce is in his ways of what he does. He finally just got rid of his flip phone not too long ago. (laughs) So he is now up in the technology. and, And when I do, I do a segment called social spotlights? So mm-hmm. what I do is we look at what's trending on social media. We take the fans comments because his phone lines are always jam packed that a lot of people can't get in. So we like to say, okay, here, you can write it on Twitter, on Facebook. And he's like, Twitter it's, wh- what is happening? So that was a whole thing. We had to just, you know, okay, Bruce, this is Twitter. This is what we do. So people can write in And they can ask you a question. We can put a poll up. We can do all kinds of things with this. And he's like, okay. Yeah, that sounds okay. And he's just like, oh, that tweeter over there, what is he saying? And I just (laughs) think it's (laughs) hilarious. So it's been, it's just crazy how we work very well together. He just literally knows so much about sports, about everything. You know, he doesn't know what the callers are going to ask or say. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a little format and a meeting we do each day. Before the show, just kind of topics will hit and then he'll have, you know, a few caller segments within there. So it is just a live talk show for two hours a day. And when there's breaking news or not, we do press conferences. It's just it's really great. Cover all of the Cleveland scene and some national stuff. But he, he's awesome. He's been around forever. He's been so nice to allow me to work with him. And he's taught me a, a ton, you know, about the business. And it's, it's just super fun.
1: You know, I've been watching the show on and off for years. I mean, we did lose it for a little bit Um, in Colorado. We we just didn't have that connection for a while. And he is incredibly knowledgeable. And and what, what I want our listeners to take out of this is not just how knowledgeable he is now. The memory of the history of any sport. Oh, yeah. It is, I like, I have been floored. I've actually said, no, this can't be right. And I've Googled stuff before (laughs) while he's talking about it. And this dude is verbatim. Fact check exactly what happened. The memory, especially memory recall. Oh yes. Baseball, especially.
2: But everything. He's just like, oh yeah, this, that, that game. And then like, what? Like, you remember the weather? Like, okay, what do you, that's crazy. But he's just a lot of trivia stuff. You know, he just, he just knows, he knows it. And it's great to see and hear. And you're just kind of like, wow, that's insane. Of course, everyone wants to be like that in their job, right? You want to be the person who says that person knows so much about everything that can get thrown at him, which is when you think about a live show, like anything can be sprung on you at any single time or moment. And you have to be able to know what you're talking about or it's going to sound stupid. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Exactly. You know, you've, you've done an awesome job of walking us down this pathway and, and obviously highlighting Bruce and what he's meant to you in your career. I want to throw this out before we move forward. Is there anyone else in the media industry that you've really looked up to along the way? Whether it was after you got started, not knowing that, that this was going to be your career. Once you got in it, was there anyone you admired or took you under their wing or you
2: learned by watching and emulating? Um. I have to say, and I did a little work on um, WKYC Channel 3 uh, during the winter. I was doing a little sports anchoring. But Jim Donovan is always, because he does some stuff with Sports Time Ohio. He does the red zone that we have on our air. So I've always, you know, known Jim and been around him. And when we're in Berea covering the Browns, always doing interviews with him. And he's another guy that you just look at and you're just like, he doesn't need a teleprompter, a script, and anything. And so when you see a guy like that, and he's the nicest human being ever, and he's so knowledgeable, and you hear his voice, how do you not get excited listening to a Browns game? I don't care if they're losing 42 to nothing. You still want to listen to Jim Donovan. But I've had the pleasure of getting to know him much better, and he's always just so helpful. I think you can watch someone like that do something and and know that you're never going to be like that because they are so good but he's just an inspiration and I think you can learn something different from him every single time you talk or listen to him or sit down and just have a passing by conversation. I think it's been great. I mean, there's a lot of great talents in Cleveland, I think. uh, And I just kind of talk sports here because that's who I watch mostly. And John Tellich, another one is a staple in the business. And I, I just have been so lucky that They've been so kind and, and, you know, you can ask a question or, hey, what do you think about this? And you just are kind of learning a lot, even on our own network. When you look at Jensen Lewis and Al Pulowski and Andre Knott and guys like that, that I'm around more because I'm in that building or over a progressive field and things like that. It's just listening and knowing and kind of seeing how things work and, and having a better understanding of things sometimes just because they would do baseball, let's say, day in and day out. So it's just taking little things from different people like that, and we're so blessed in Cleveland to have so many great sports personalities that that do this for a living.
0: It's amazing to to hear of you know all these TV personalities, you know that you like I mentioned at the beginning that you kind of see and you're like, I right, what are they like? You know what are, what are they about? Are they you know are they are they are they, you know, helpful people? Are they talkative? Are they funny? Are they, and it's just, it's nice to know that some people that you kind of follow hear a little bit more about them. And and I'm sure coming into the industry, maybe at first it might be a little nerve wracking, and then for them to be so open and helpful, I'm sure that was a huge help into your um, development as a, as a TV personality yourself.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I remember specifically my boss when I started, just being like, it's something as simple as just turning on ESPN every single morning. Mm-hmm. And just listening to what's going on. It's a big thing to learn how you're needing to speak on TV when you're reporting something. It's different than just talking, you know, and and I never knew that. And then you're like, what are you talking about that? I need to inflect my voice at this certain word. Okay, (laughs) well, you know, now you listen and you're like, that's what he's talking about. All right. That's what he's saying. So it would just be just in general throughout the years, whoever, you know, is on sports Center, whoever is on, you know, FS1, any of those things. It's just always on in the background. It's always, you know, something that was a big part of what I would do every single day. And it it helped tremendously.
0: Now, you've covered and you've mentioned it already so many different avenues. so many different sports, high school sports, college, professional sports. Is there a favorite that you enjoy covering or talking about the most? Or is there a specific event or um, you know story that you covered that always sticks to you in, in any of the, that, those realms? Um, either both, favorite moment or favorite sport or, or one or the other?
2: So I have both, and I'll tell you. And I love all the sports, obviously. I get to cover them all, which mm-hmm. is awesome. And really this year has been so awesome. Awful because of, you know, COVID and not being able to go to the facilities Mm -hmm. like usual. So my favorite thing usually is to be in Berea. And I would usually go twice a week during the Brown season um, to the facility. So in the locker room, getting interviews, just after a win or a loss on Sunday, that Monday is just, you're getting a lot of information that you don't get if you're not in the building, Mm -hmm. sitting through press conferences and and hearing things and talking with the other reporters. So I really miss that. And I I think that that is one of my favorite things to do, covering the Browns in that aspect, because Mm -hmm. it's just something that would happen every week and it got taken away. And now there's just Zoom calls and I feel so sad about it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just ready for it to come back. But that would be, you know, kind of my favorite thing to do but i my favorite moment by far and i'm i'm hoping this can be replicated but the Cavs, (laughs) obviously championship in 2016 so i was able to cover the parade and i walked the entire route
0: oh my goodness oh wow i
2: literally like did there i don't know if there could be a moment that's gonna be better than that it was crazy so it was just this whirlwind of a day we were there at like 4 a.m in the morning in our buildings and got in and everyone was just getting prepped and you know I was with you know all the people from the calves and they were getting stuff ready everyone was a different spot so my job that day was to be down in the middle between um rocket mortgage field house now and progressive field mm-hmm. and that's where the parade started so everybody was getting lined up in the cars and whatnot so it was just basically hey we're gonna go and try and get as many interviews as we can so amazing well one of the interviews that happened before the parade started was jim brown that i interviewed so i'm like okay, okay. this day is just lovely So. Wow. Jim Brown and I talking championship. (laughs) Hey, how's this going? I'm just like, okay. So by the way, the parade hasn't even started yet. So I'm doing all of that and that amazing interview. And then the parade starts. And my job was then after my interviews to get to the end of the parade route to do more interviews after. So because Cleveland was a mob scene, obviously, during the parade, I couldn't go anywhere. So we're like, we're going to go the route. With everyone else, so we walked the whole route and then over to um, by Public Square Mall B, where they had uh, all the stage set up for ev- the guys to talk after. So I get there after this amazing experience, and then I had uh, talked to erwin Meyer, Steepe, oh. all these guys just coming through, and I'm like, okay, no so big it deal. Just keeps getting better, <laughs> like it was amazing i don't know it was the longest day and it was the best day and i would i don't i hope that obviously we get you know a brown super bowl and <laughs> indians world series that i can cover as well but for that to be the first one like that it was absolutely insane
0: i got to say when you i got to ask when you say you walked the parade were you walking it as a like just soaking it all in as a fan or were you having to kind of work like kind of get I don't know direct or anything or was it just like we need to get to the end this is how we're going to get the end so I'm just going to walk it and enjoy this
2: yes I got to enjoy it which was the best part because I had interviews in the beginning and interviews at the end and so basically they were like well you have the badge you can go wherever so we're like I remember it was myself and our social media uh director and we're just like videos, pictures, selfies. Mm. We're like, this is the best day ever. We're just walking by everyone. And it it was a really slow route for the guys and the cars and stuff, because it just kept backing up and stopping. <laughs> so we just continued on, but we got to see everything because we just kept going. And we made it back there and it was the most perfect decision because we got to see that all and got there when we needed to mm. and got set up for all of our interviews and everything we needed to do. But it was insane. Like, I I don't even have the words because that's how amazing it was.
1: The star power was
0: incredible, not to mention (laughs) the moment. Jim Brown, to start off your day? Goodness gracious. I
2: I was like, oh, okay. Wasn't prepared for Jim Brown, but I'm going with it and I love it. This is the best thing ever. I literally have on my uh, demo reel, I had asked him a question and he said, that's a brilliant question. I go, whoop, that's going (laughs) on right there. Jim Brown, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. I said, can you put this? Can I get a copy of that? Thanks.
0: I was personally going to ask you. know, I've, I've, I've grown up uh, with LeBron James myself, and I was going to ask you. Okay, so you know, I was going to ask at the end, uh, LeBron James, how close have you been to LeBron? You know what? Screw that. I'm going to throw that in the trash can and be you. You've you you topped it by saying that you interviewed oh, Jim Brown. I mean, that well, is it's so that's funny. I've never, one.
2: I have not interviewed LeBron, but I was over at the Cleveland Clinic courts. Um, when he was here. And we were in one of the interview rooms. And I'm just sitting there like, I don't know, I was doing notes or something. And he walks up and he says, he walks up to me, sticks his hand out and says, Hi, I'm LJ. <laughs> so, oh, I'm sorry. Who? That's what I wanted to say. Oh, LJ. Hi. Nice to meet you. I'm ac <laughs> <laughs> i was just
1: gonna ask if you did i that. didn't
2: say ac i was like oh hi i'm ashley like obviously I know uh, That's
1: awesome. <laughs> what's up i'm ac how you doing
2: what's up i should have just like fist bumped said hey yeah that's
1: is it in that environment is it hard to be around such star power sometimes and not just say hey can i get your autograph after the interview <laughs>
2: No, I actually don't find it at all, which is crazy. I and mean, I think wow. that that's what people think. I, um, I maybe just cause I've been around it so much. So I, I actually don't even remember like the first time when I had done that, like for my, the first time when I started. So maybe back then I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, this is so cool. I probably came home and called everyone and said, Oh my God, guess what I got to do today. <laughs> but now it's just, so normal like going to the clubhouse of the indians you're not like oh my god oh my god oh my god it's just such a natural thing now and you're there to do a job right and i'm like Mm -hmm. oh man i gotta get this story i need to get this soundbite like i need to get this guy so i think it's just something that i'm just so used to doing and it's it's a way to get you know your information and your stories and what what you need to find out so everyone's always been super great which is nice um the teams have been a blessing to work with. They're just so great with, you know, helping everyone out and what everyone needs to do. So yeah, it, it's pretty cool.
1: And like the great reporter you are, you just led to me, led me right into my next, my <laughs> next question. And this is why you do what you do. You've obviously interviewed tons of players and coaches along your career in all different sports, which is, I think even more incredible. And, and to me, I'm so curious what player or coach have you interviewed that maybe, or maybe you've gotten to work with a little bit over time. Maybe it's been multiple interviews covering the Browns for a season, just as an example that you really look at and say, wow, this person really inspires me by the way they handle a B and C or, or, or it's the adversity or it's, or it's how they handle success or wow. This person inspired me because of that.
2: I would have to say Terry Francona. Um, Mm. I think I haven't interviewed him a lot one on one, but I produce um, some of the golf shows on our network as well. And there's a show called Links to the Game, um, which Jimmy Hanlon does with it's usually like three with three other people. So it's basically like, okay, we had, um, you know, Terry Francona and, and Mike Hargrove and Rick Manning and then Jimmy. So it's basically a show where they sit and they tell stories and I was producing it and they're on the golf course and to spend the day like that with Terry Francona to see and to hear and to know that he's like that because all the guys say that's how he is. Every Indians player could not say good enough things about Terry Francona. Then you see it and then you say, wow, this is why he's such a great manager. This is why he can take some guys that maybe you think in the beginning of the year, are not going to win a lot of games and then look what they can do. And they make a run and they all play for him. And obviously it's a little different with the Browns because you don't have the same coach for very long. So it's been (laughs) hard to, you know, get a read on that one, but hopefully Stefanski is there. But when you look at Terry Francona and what he's been able to do in that sense, and since he's been here and the roots that he has here and the way that he motivates these guys and how they respond to him is absolutely incredible and I think everyone around the country knows that so that's why it's so great because it's one of those guys when he says he's going to do it he does it and those guys believe in him they play for him and I've never heard a bad word about him
0: you know I grew up on the west coast and I've been a big baseball fan my entire life and you know The respect that I even have for Terry Francona as, as a fan, from as an outsider. And it's funny you bring him up because one story that I think people may have brushed aside is something recently that came out in The Last Dance, um, the documentary of the Chicago Bulls and how um, Terry Francona was actually the manager of the Birmingham Barons when Michael Jordan decided to play baseball. And just kind of the way seeing Terry Francona talk about Having Michael Jordan, the superstar Michael Jordan, come into Birmingham. And the only reason he was in Birmingham is because of the the media setup in single A wasn't allowed. They needed him to go to double A. And I just felt like Terry Francona handled it with such stride. And I think that shows who he is, his character. He kinda just let Michael Jordan do his thing. But he was still his manager. And I think even Michael Jordan, at his level, respected Terry Francona. And you can see his success speaks for itself, because you're absolutely right when you speak of kind of the guys, you don't expect these guys to kind of maybe go far, and I he's a big part of the reason that they do consistently, not just one year, two years. It's a consistent thing with Terry Francona teams.
2: And you know what? Obviously he was, you know, wasn't managing the whole time this year because of health issues, mm-hmm. but the, the best thing I heard him say this year, I think, was obviously Sandy Alomar takes over, right? It's, you know, you're getting into the playoffs. This is important. Try and win. But when he did his end-of-the-year Zoom call with everyone, he kind of just said, you know, like, Sandy and I would talk, and I would say, Sandy, don't do what you think I would do. You know what's going on. You can make these decisions. You know, you obviously play. You're very smart baseball-wise. Don't do what you think I would have done. And I think it's like in those moments, even when he's at home and he was sick and he, you know, obviously wasn't feeling well and couldn't be with his team as hard as that was – He's still in the mindset of being like, I want to help Sandy at this moment. And this is what I want to do for my team. I think all of those guys on that team knew, even though Terry's not here present with us right now, they all felt him at all times. They did it for him. And I think it's just a testament to how great he is as a manager for that kind of stuff to happen. And for him to say that and for everyone just to feel comfortable when he's around.
0: That's amazing. I'm glad you brought up Terry Francona because he's definitely one of my, one of my personal favorites. Um, And I'm sure for our listeners to hear more about someone that you – again, someone that you might not know uh, up front. You just see him maybe once or twice during a baseball game, um, chewing on some gum, and you don't really know. (laughs) Well, I I have to
2: tell you, it was funny when I was producing that golf show. um, So, obviously, it's edited. It's not live, thank God. And, uh, you know, you can't swear on television all that much. They don't like that. I literally – And he has, you know, a little bit of a potty mouth. And I said, I must have said 27 times, Terry, we need to try and not say that every third word. And he said, Ashley, I swear I'm trying. I said, okay, it doesn't seem like it, but let's just get, let's get through this. So we had the little bleeps out every here and there, but he he was awesome. Like to hear stories from Terry Francona was one of the coolest things. (laughs)
0: that's awesome i want to move on to um sort of a different aspect and it goes back to kind of your reporting um and i want you to kind of explain to our listeners um what it means to be a freelance reporter and what advice you would have for someone that's looking to dive into this industry um it's a very competitive industry i think Sports in itself is competitive and it goes into those jobs in that industry and, and you've been lucky enough to be in, a, be in a job for 13 years consistently and, and um, what, what is it like to do what you do and, and the advice you'd give to someone that's, this is my dream and I want to find my way as a, as a reporter myself.
2: Um, yeah, it's tough because it is a tough, tough business to get in. But I think that those people who are trying to break in and are going to school, you have a passion for it, obviously. So that's what you want to do. And you got to keep grinding. It probably sucks in the beginning, right? Um, especially now this year is just so different. So it's crazy to talk about, but if it's, you know, normal year, um, just knowing that maybe in your mind, you think this one thing has to happen but it might take 15 other things before that can happen. And so being open to those things, um, we have production assistants now at the station that we sit. And Bruce tells them every day, every day, learn other things too. Don't just, oh, if you want to be on air, only think you need to learn on air. Why don't you try audio? Let's try graphics. Maybe pick up a camera. Someone might teach you a little bit how to shoot. Try editing. It's just, there's so many things that you can do and learn that'll be so beneficial because that's where the world of journalism I think is going is those more MMJ multi you know they can do it you know you set up your shot you shoot it and that's kind of where it's going to Mm -hmm. you can go back and edit a highlight package that has to run on the news later on so it's just coming to that I think and so I think it's a lot about learning a lot uh, as simple as that sounds. And I'm sure a lot of people can tell you that, but it really is true. I think it is so beneficial to you. And it's just knowing, okay, the producer, or the director does this each day. So I want to try and do this too, or I want to learn this. And then you can jump in and people maybe, you know, they call off work one day and you get a shot to do something pretty cool because you learned that and they didn't, you know, you just did it on your own. So that's what I would say for sure. It's just n- maybe your mind is on one thing, but it probably needs to be on like 10 things to start. Um, so yeah, I mean, doing that is just kind of, you know, you you can find more jobs too. Like I work obviously um, at Sports Gym Ohio. I do reporting for Fox Sports Ohio as well. I do some high school football stuff. I did Columbus Crew stuff last year. Um, I did some stuff with Channel 3. Um, so it's just, you know, trying to find Day after day, new opportunities that might arise and keeping your ear open and being open to doing things that maybe you don't feel comfortable with.
0: Being open to learning and learning how to learn.
2: Yeah. Learning how to learn. That's (laughs) tough. (laughs) Right? That's what
1: college was for Uh, when I graduated college. I I don't know. I need more than college. You're
2: 30 to decide what you want to do.
1: (laughs) I remember graduating college and I had an instructor tell me, congratulations, Jason, you've now learned how to learn. I said, I spent how much money to learn how to learn?
2: Right. (laughs) How's those student loans that showed you that you learned how to learn?
1: (laughs) Let me
0: give you an invoice.
1: You know, I, yeah, I love the point you brought up though, about learn how to do other things. And here's why Uh, one of the key components we always talk about on the show is when opportunity presents itself, it's too late to prepare. And if you're not ready to jump in and try something or take a risk and you might fail and oh, well, if you fail, you at least tried and you you learn through it. Uh, So I think that's a really, really big highlight because I run into that in my industry all the time. I work in the sports and recreation industry and then I coach high school football as well. And it's no different there than it is in your industry versus what it is in the business world. And we have to take chances and we have to be prepared to be multifaceted in our careers.
2: Yeah. And it's tough because I think when you're young and you think, oh, I want to just be on air, I'm going to be on air and no one's going (laughs) to tell you no. Right. Well, when I started (laughs) there, too, I didn't want to be on air, but then I loved being on air. But I also learned how to edit. I I didn't go to school and never touched, you know, the software to edit. I can edit features. I can edit highlights. I can go cut up sound bites that come back from Maria. So, hey, if we're in a pinch, like I'm going to go grab this because I want to use this on the show today. I can do that. I mean, there's an editor there, but even like, oh, hey, somebody is sick today. I'm like, well, if you need any help, I can go back there and do it. You know, and I just think that we've seen it a lot lately, too, during, you know, COVID era stuff that there's a lot of things that can happen. It's just like if Baker Mayfield tests positive for COVID, okay, well, the next guy has to step up. So you Mm -hmm. have to be ready. We got to go. And it's just a weird time. I think any time in life, sh- you should be prepared to do something like that. And I'm not saying you have to learn every single thing every single day. Like you can hone in on one thing that you want to do. But learning those other things are super helpful at any time, regardless if you get t- to be uh, you know, your number one choice. All of those things are helpful every day.
1: You know, it's neat. We're talking about being ready being ready, having an opportunity and going down those pathways. I want to ask you the challenging life question here is what is, what is something that you faced in your, whether it was life or whether it was in your industry, that was a huge point of adversity that you, that you encountered and what did, what did you learn from it and how did you overcome it?
2: Hmm. Well, if we're talking career wise, I think, and I don't think this really anymore, but because I've been doing this for so long, again, we keep saying 13 years, I just don't even like to say that out loud. <laughs> but yeah. um,
0: we'll stop saying
2: it. <laughs> it's just, you know, there's a lot of things that go wrong and in life, and people are watching sports, right? And I, being on live television, there's been, how many times messing up or just feeling, Oh my God, this is awful. It's just, it wasn't good today or this or that. And everyone can judge you. Right. I think that's people's probably one of their biggest fears. Like someone mm. they're judging you. If you make a mistake and you mess up and you lend yourself doing that on live television every single day, whatever it is. So there's a ton of times starting off that it was awful. You know, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't think so. And I just remember having to be like, you just have to keep trying because what what are you going to do give up and then then what like why why you have to be able to get better and i've really been proud of myself to go from not knowing any of the tv side of things to getting a job like that and to being where i'm at today and i think there's probably a million times that i could have said i give up this is too hard i don't want to do it i don't want you know all these People may be judging or telling me, oh, th- you should do this. You should do that. Okay. Well, that's easy to say from behind your computer while mm-hmm. you're tweeting me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's a big thing, I think. And I, a lot of people, um, I think, thinks that they can say things to women that they uh, shouldn't. And then, you know, people that are on air are really not supposed to to say things back mm-hmm. is obviously what happens, right? Because that's just how the world is. But you hear a lot of things and it's it's hard. You just have to have really thick skin. And that's a hard thing to do. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of strength and a lot of, okay, I have to just put this out of my mind and maybe don't look at Twitter for like 24 hours and then you can come back to it. But it's rough sometimes. And I think that's really a lot of adversity that people and women especially face um in the media when when things like that in the day of eight like where we're at with social media and people thinking they can say whatever they want to someone so the, it's just a lot of stuff and you got to push through it and people do that in normal life too right you have something that's bothering you that maybe isn't going right but you got to learn how to get past it it makes you stronger of course in the end
1: people get those you know adult beverages in them they're watching sports games. They see things, and all of a sudden, they start tweeting like crazy. And they're keyboard warriors. My gosh! Um, right? You know, I've watched uh, whether it's and, and I, I, you know, I don't mean to sound like a Homer here, uh, a Homer talking about Ohio State people. I've watched, <laughs> I've watched Dustin Fox have encounters with people on Twitter. I've watched, I've, I've seen, you know, a couple local media people also have have encounters. We've seen obviously some ESPN people. More recently, have some encounters on Twitter. It's crazy what goes on in this society today, especially with Twitter.
2: I just want to say, would you honestly say this out like to, my, to anyone's face if you saw them? No. I'm, I'm going to guarantee that you're only saying this because you can type it. Like, you wouldn't even leave the message on someone's voicemail, probably. So I think it's insane that people. Are so negative towards another person that they probably don't even know, and they think that that's okay just because they see them on TV. So I hope that that would just, gosh, that would be the one thing you say: Can this just please go away? Because it's it's just not fair. It's not nice. And someone young in the industry, if they had to deal with it, and say they're like, "What is going on? Like that is not good." So I really hope that changes. But um, it's just trying to get through. I don't think it's going to change. I don't think that's how the world is. So it's just trying to push through and know that hey they're doing that for a reason. Like who cares? Put it behind you, and you know that you're you're better than that, and you can get through that.
0: You know, it's such an important aspect when you are someone that's a you know someone of a public figure on TV, um, and you're kind of putting yourself out there in that way because you know it's 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 part of the job but it's not necessarily something that's okay it's not necessarily something that's just and it's it's pretty incredible because uh, it's very rare that the tv personality or that public figure themselves will lash out back and it's it's very very rare and i think i it's it's a it's something that i think we need to speak more to in people in this industry is their ability to react in that moment, especially you being on a live show, um, not knowing what to really expect. And it's it's it, it's a testament to your guys' work of being able to be in that moment and react and act professionally to where hopefully you're sending the right message of, this is not okay, um, yet I'm not going to stoop down to your level um, an eye for an eye, right? So it's just... Um, it's it's sure. it's a real testament to you know you guys being on TV and and what you guys do for a living.
2: And I have to say there are so many amazing fans. So it's just like a couple, a few that you say this about, but it's just like sometimes and and you guys have seen it and it happens all over the place with everyone. I think it's just that block button is always right there and very handy if it needs to come to that. So it is, you're right. There's so many awesome people and a great way to interact is social media. It's amazing. So you don't want to say, okay, we're not doing this. It's just those, you know, few that, that ruin it for everyone, right? And then all of your sudden you're like, well, okay, well, I'm not going to respond to this person because then then this person thinks this. But there's so many great fans out there and our show wouldn't happen if it wasn't for all the fans that show us so much support. So I love them dearly. I just wish that people would realize that, hey, that's a normal human being and you're probably making them feel bad. And you don't want them to respond back how they actually want. I've had plenty of messages that I have wrote and deleted. Because I'm like, okay, I'll get this out, but then I got to delete it because I'll probably get fired.
1: And I think you also highlight something great, though. The social media can be an amazing tool to use as well. If it's if it's not for Twitter and certain people having DMs open, we don't get connected with you if, if right. DMs aren't open. And because I will tell you right now, I actively search through Twitter and I follow a ton of people on Twitter. And I'll see like I saw you the one day. I was like, man, I'd love to get Ashley on the show. Let let's let's hit her up and see if she's willing. And all of a sudden you responded back and we're like, oh, fantastic. (laughs) And you know, we've been able to get three people because they had their Twitter DMs open and their people that we follow on Twitter who are who put out good information. Number one, because it has to be a quality person. We're not gonna just bring anybody onto the show. We want a quality person who is is Um, relevant in their field and is a good person um, at at what they do. And that's an important piece because we want to, we want our audience to learn and be able to grow professionally as well. So Twitter can be a great resource as well.
2: hundred percent. I mean, I think when you sit there, you're like live action at all times of the day happening. When anything breaks, Mm -hmm. you've seen if any college game is canceled, if there's any facilities closed throughout the NFL, who wins? You know the Cy Young. You're getting all of this information super quick, and it's such a great tool. So yeah, I, I love when it's used like that. So um, it's great. I agree to try and reach out and like you know we have, um, Jerry Lawler is a big fan of our show, and we had him on the other day, and be- that was hilarious. He introduced himself <laughs> to me, and I'm a huge wrestling fan. Like, growing up like huge WWF, <laughs> and. He introduced himself to me at one of the Indians games. He's a big Cleveland fan. And I was like, I almost passed out, first of all. I was like, what? hello? <laughs> you just know my name. You watch the show. I'm dead. Okay, this is the best day of my life. And we just, right, I was like, hey, can you come on? Because of Twitter. Like, how else am I going to just randomly, oh, hey, can I find his phone number in Google <laughs> I don't think so. So it was, you know, an awesome way to do that. You're right, with the show and finding people and... Uh, getting connected or people that you, you know, oh my God, I forgot about that person. Or, oh, hey, look at this. So it is really great. I love it. It's awesome. And I'm just happy that also Bruce has realized what Twitter is. He doesn't have it, but we're good. He knows the, the verbiage now and what it means. So it's pretty cool. So flip phone. You so what's did... he rocking
0: now? From from flip phone Oh, to... he has an iPhone now. Okay, I don't need, up he to doesn't iPhone. text.
2: I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't even text.
0: He doesn't he text?
2: He just has it because... I don't know. They probably don't make flip phones anymore. So he is just, yeah, that's it. So he calls me if he wants to talk.
1: Maybe well, Apple can come out with the iFlip.
2: They should. We, we start.
1: Like, <laughs> Give me my dad, flip dad still phone. has the
2: flip phone. So um, I just feel like they like their flip phones. I'm sure Bruce would get a flip phone if they had a flip phone for him.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, man. Well, Ashley, I, uh, and I want to say on behalf of Coach Chaddock and I, I mean, we really tr- appreciate this conversation. I think this is definitely one of the, the most fun we've had in a, in a, in a conversation yet. And um, um, we really appreciate your insight and your expertise in the field and what you do and, and taking time out of your schedule to join us. And feel free to come back anytime. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully we were entertaining enough for you. So thank you so much oh, for joining us. Of course.
2: Us. It was great. So happy I joined you guys and it was a pleasure uh, talking with you. We'll do it again soon.
0: Thanks so much, Ashley. All right. Thanks. Again, a big shout out to Ashley Collins. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. It was a a great conversation. Uh, Really enjoyed having Ashley on and, and for her to share her insight and what a professional, you know, to start off. I mean, she, you could tell she's really good at her job. She's knowledgeable. Um, but you know what? She's a person, and she has emotions, and she she enjoys. She, she knows how to take in the moments. She doesn't take those moments for granted um, when she speaks to um, very high-profile celebrities and athletes and when she's in really high profile moments like the cleveland championship parade i mean just a um really amazing to hear her talk about her job and also her feelings and emotions through those moments um for me but big shout out to ashley collins coach what stood out to you um in this conversation with ashley No, there's so much to dive into
1: oh my goodness there is and, and ashley was amazing to have on and you know, the fact that I've got to see her on air for 13 years <laughs> and then now get a chance to talk to her, I'm kind of having that celebrity moment. And it was it was really unique. Uh, if you can go back to 2007 and then the onset of her career, I loved the recap of Bruce Drennan and how uh, the mentorship he supplied and the vision that he supplied helped, helped drive her. And I thought that was really interesting to hear because you know we look at a society where sometimes people are afraid of you know stepping up and being a mentor to somebody sometimes they're afraid that someone's going to swoop in and take their job and and, and do something well, you look at Bruce and his situation. You look at even the story she told about Terry Francona mm-hmm. stepping in and, and trying to be that mentor for Sandy Alomar and for others. And I think it's just amazing to hear these mentorship stories because they are so important. We all need mentors. We all need someone to push us, to drive us, and you know, to to teach us the way a little bit. And you know, some of the way we have to find on our own, and some of the way it can already be paved for us and, and we're learning from somebody. So to me, that was really inspiring to hear the relationship that she has developed with Bruce Trennan over the years and how he's been that mentor. And, and I've watched him for years, man. The guy knows his stuff as we alluded to during the interview. And I wanna I wanna really throw out a part, you know, because the mentorship's always an important piece to us with, with leadership and development. I want to throw out a part though that I'm going to say I never thought about from her perspective. I'm a coach, you're a coach and we've we've all talked about how COVID has affected us so much with with the regulations and with any with any different standards of coaching that we've had to practice uh, to get kids ready to play and to keep kids distanced and so on and so forth. Hearing her stories not only about her life in the media, hearing specifically how 2020 in the media is different for her. And she's not going to Berea twice a week and not connecting with, with in some cases, you might look at it as, hey, these other media outlets, these other media uh, entities, yeah, you know, competition, sure, they're competition in a way because they're working for other outlets, yet at the same token, you're hearing her talk about how she misses having those connections and talking to the other reporters and having that time with coaches and players in Berea. Uh, Berea is where the, the Browns training facility is. So hearing that from her perspective and talking about how COVID has changed, how they do their job this year and they're on Zoom calls now and you lose the connectivity a little bit, that stuff, yes, I've watched some of these interviews and I've listened to them and I didn't think about that from from their working perspective and and thinking deep down inside, wow, how much has that changed because the media is a connected world and thinking how much that has changed their job. And I still think they're doing a fantastic job of getting stories and, and getting the inside scoop. So kudos to them for handling their job with professionalism and class through these adverse times. It just really stood out to me because I did not think about it from their perspective. She was just um, doing, doing some work down in Columbus uh, for the state championship games going on. And, and I understand how much this has changed things. Mm-hmm. So that was eye-opening to me. Kudos to all of those out in the media world right now who are adapting to these changing times. And I think as coaches, sometimes we don't think about how much their life is changing as well in these circumstances. And, and Coach P, my last thing I wanted to bring up, I, w- I still remember being in Colorado. I was working in Fort Collins at the time. I had a dual monitor. On one monitor, I had the Cleveland Cavaliers parade going on. And then on my other monitor, I was doing my, my work. And yes, I promise I was doing my work while the parade was going. <laughs> I was going to say,
0: I mean, how much, how, what's the percentage of of uh, attention to that parade? Because hey, you can be honest, I would have been like 85, 15 percentage on the parade. It was all in moments. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was all in moments. It all depended who they had on for an interview, who they were talking to, what they were showing. Sometimes you're 85% on the work. on the parade. Sometimes it was the other way around. It was 85% on the parade, 15% on work. And the reason I wanted to highlight the parade, not just the parade, it's also some of these other moments that she's had, like when she was doing the golf show and got to be with um, Terry Francona and some of the other people. She really highlighted enjoying your experiences. How many times in life are we too caught up just grabbing a selfie or grabbing a picture of something and thinking about what we're going to post on social media? are we truly digesting the experience that we're having and living in the moment and loving it? Are we really? Or are we so focused on what's good? Hey, we got to get the right picture so we can post on social media. I've seen people at ball games before I've watched people, men and women alike, take 30 pictures of the same pose waiting to get the perfect picture so they can post it on social media. And I've literally watched them miss a quarter of a ball game because they're trying to get the perfect picture. And how much are we truly living in the moment? I think as a society, we really have to get back to living in the moment, enjoying the experience, and then we can recap it later when we're reliving those highlights in our head. And that's one of the things that I really want to be a little bit more focused on in my personal life is how can I live in the moment more? How can I enjoy more time with my kids? My kids are growing up now and I'm looking and thinking, boy, in a handful of years, I'm going to have one kid off to college and another kid that'll be a junior in high school. Hmm. And I'm thinking about that and I'm reminiscing back to just two or three years ago when it seemed like I had forever of them being in the house. So how are we living in the moment how are we enjoying these experiences and and Ashley really highlighted some wonderful things from the parade and that was back in 2016 and just how amazing it was and the experience she has and talking to her now in 2020 I feel like we're still halfway in that moment like she can recap it like that she's she's still living on that energy and I think it's amazing so kudos to her for really enjoying the experience and sharing it with us because that was eye opening and also it is one of those things where we look and say, how do we enjoy more experiences at work? Especially in, in 2020, in a COVID environment, we have the holiday season coming up and we have a host of things going on. Uh, you know, the, the election's done and I'm telling you right now, COVID's still here, the election stopped, COVID's still here. 2021's gonna hit and COVID's still gonna be here. So how do we live now? How can we live day in, day out and enjoy experiences and keep building our lives together? and and that was what was really on my mind. I think she did a wonderful job and I really learned a lot today and I hope our viewers did as well. I'm I'm really excited.
0: I love that you pointed out the experience thing because I I think if there's uh, you know I, a lot of people would say there's nothing good that has come out of COVID and I think you know I I'm, I'm going to be a contrarian and be like, you know what there has been some good that has come out of out of COVID. And I'm not going to highlight every one of them that I think that has come out of it I'm not saying COVID is a good thing it's not it's terrible it's a pandemic it's killed hundreds of thousands of people and it's 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 scary because there's no active cure for it and it's just a it's kind of scary when you have elderly people in your lives and you have babies in your lives and even you just have loved ones and we all do so it is scary and I'm not pushing that aside by any means but I think there are societal gains that have been uh maybe dug up um, through covid and one of them for me is i think people have to your point coach uh, started to maybe sit back with experiences a little bit more because i know i have i'm already a person that likes to digest the moments but i feel like sometimes i do get lost as part of that younger generation and i do get into the what will people think or who who, who do i got to tell and during this time i've been a lot more interested in in the moments and, and not letting them pass pass me by and and being really in tune. And that's why I miss going to sporting events so much because I found myself reminiscing with my buddies so many different moments of memories and they all happen at the ballpark. They all happen at a football stadium, a baseball stadium. We were always at the game. And yet I can't remember what was necessarily going on in the game all the time. And I'm like, that's because I wasn't necessarily taking that in. And I was so interested in something else. I'm not saying um, I was interested in my phone or social media, but I think now I'm definitely, as a coach, I was able to coach multiple baseball seasons without anything getting canceled, um, and it was a true blessing, and I will never take that for granted, and I think I really was able to digest every single moment. I remember the good, the bad, the ugly um, throughout this summer and fall, and those are going to stay with me, and it's going to be a part of me building experiences, and like you said, you're going to live off that energy for, you know, depending on good or bad or how you respond from it and how you react it could live with you for years and um, this is such an important year for so many people of um, learning processes and developing and and figuring things out for lack of better way of saying it And, and And um, this could really be a a groundbreaking year for a lot of people of which direction they want to go and who they really are. And I think when you allow those experiences to come within you and you really learn from them and you really open up to them, I think it allows you to maybe open up to who you want to be, who you are a little bit more. And we all are afraid to look in the mirror and really dive into, you know, what we're about. And um, I think that's important. I think that's one thing that's come out of COVID that maybe more people are doing um and i'm so glad that ashley highlighted those experiences herself because for a lot of us we were sitting on the couch just kind of in awe you know it was it was one state one piece of this world um let alone this country that was able to experience that in person and the rest of us were kind of on our couches and you can't say that you don't respect or you don't watch lebron james so everyone was in tune to what was going on at least in this country and um it was it, it's pretty amazing to hear someone's uh, you know rec- recount from that day from those moments and and um to be a part of it yet she was working and like you said she's in her job and at this point she's almost blind or not you know numb for lack of a better word to being in the locker rooms all the time because yeah it's kind of starstruck to be around guys like francisco lindor and and um uh and jose ramirez and and Shane Bieber and Corey Kluber and Terry Francona and you're around all these Indians in the locker room all the time, and people are like, "Those are the best baseball players," and you're just interviewing him like crazy. But I don't think she lets those moments still go by. I think she does. You could tell that she remembers them very vividly of how they happened. In that moment, it might not be a you know a recount immediately. It, it's going to come as she as people ask her, maybe sits down and kind of lets it sink in. But it's important that you do that. And like Coach Taylor. And Friday Night Lights says, clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. And as cheesy as that is, my goodness, it's so true. You got to have clear eyes. You got to have a clear mind. You got to be clear, right? Because to be able to sit down later and re- and, and to really let things digest, that means you were clear in the moment to where it's still very vivid in your brain because a lot of us are clouded, right? And we're just kind of jumping through moments. I can't remember what we ate for breakfast. I ate an omelet, by the way. Um, so <laughs> you just have to – hold on to those moments and have a clear eyes clear heart you're open you're happy you're enjoying these moments and that moment you you know you're gonna you're gonna find yourself in a good place and you can tell ashley's in a great place um in her career being able to do a vast amount of different things um go from the professional setting all the way down to her high school making it to the to the semis so um so it's pretty awesome for for that and you know, the last thing I want to touch base on is when we we when you asked her about the um, the adversity part, and I'm glad with her response because I think it's something that we can all relate to and all take something from. You know, she didn't give a a specific incident um, that was specific to her. I think she just said hey, everyone is going to have problems and we're going to have problems constantly. And if we, and it was almost like a point she was making of. I don't focus on the one incident because if I do, it might, it, it might dictate me. And instead, she understands there's so many that go on, and that you just have to grind and have thick skin, and you have to be open to audibles happening. Right? Someone's not showing up. Okay, I'll take care of it. I, I, I'll do the audio today. I'll be I'll be on the camera today. And we say that in football, right? Where the the kid that says. Oh, I'm not an offensive lineman. Just block for me. You know, a a, a knowledgeable coach will understand that is unacceptable. A running back needs to know what the dang safety is doing, let alone what the offensive line is doing. You have to know all pieces of the game. You can't just know I'm a host and this is all I do. And I don't know what the writers do and I don't care what the writers do and I don't care what that cameraman's doing. His job is that. I'm just a host. You can't do that. And I think she – and that's part of the adversity because you're going to be thrown into situations where it's like, this is not my job. Why am I doing this? But it's the learning experience. It makes you better. It makes you more knowledgeable. It makes you more trustable amongst your peers and your coworkers and your bosses and your – they're going to see that and be like, oh, this person can do multiple things. And this person – and instead of taking it as a, I'm not supposed to be doing this, Technically, actually, you are, you know, everything happens for a reason. You're in this moment. It's how you respond to it. And that almost goes to the experiences of digesting these moments of, wow, that was an opportunity. Because I definitely look back at many opportunities I've had in my life and I was blind to them. I was clouded to them. And I decided, nah, you know what? I don't want to I don't want to mess with that. And instead, it was because I wasn't ready for that opportunity and I wasn't and I wasn't approaching that opportunity in the right way. And. and and, and I had a clouded view of it. Now with a clearer mind and more of a motivation and confidence and a different sense and understanding of life to me, I can attack these moments to be ready for them and I understand all aspects of it. I was thrown into the freshman head coach football job without any knowledge. I've never been a head coach. Um, To be honest, I, I didn't play high school football. I actually just was a student of the game and not a fanatic i was a true student of the game of how the operation works and that's how i got to where i i I did but i I didn't know what i was doing i had to figure it out on the fly instead of being like why am i here why isn't anyone helping me why am i not getting this you know why am i not getting the right guidance i just took it as oh this is great you know this is going to make me better in the long run and that doesn't make me better than the person next to me i'm just saying that's the approach that i think more of us need to have and I think um, Ashley talking about grind and thick skin is so huge, and it's so important because people are going to question you. People are going to beat you down. Um, it always comes back to football. It's every play you get beat down, you got to b- bounce back up. That's life. I mean, every time you get you get beat down constantly, we all do, especially in 2020. But I'm going to tell you what, even when things get back to quote-unquote normal, whatever the heck that is for you, you're still going to go through stuff. There's still going to be stuff that happens. It's not going to be all peachy clean necessarily, because that's life, and you just have to approach it in the right way. I'm not saying it as a to scare people and to have this negative attitude and glass half empty. Everything's just crappy in life. I'm not, because if that's that's again an approach, right there. If that's what you think, I approach it as learning experiences. It's like the ex girlfriend you had, right? You don't take it as ah oh, man, I lost her. It's all right, learning experience. Let's move on for the one that I do find and end up with. You know, and that's, you know, I I, I I blurted out a lot there, but I just was uh, I was a super taken back by the conversation with Ashley. I think it was awesome how she highlighted um, experiences, adversity and her professionalism really stands out to me. And um, it was an honor. You know, I, as someone that I didn't necessarily watch her because I've been in the West Coast uh, my whole life, I've been I've seen. um others in the same role for different cities and it is it's it's uh it's a tough job when you're there live and you're taking live calls and that's again reacting to good bad ugly on the fly and, that, and reacting to good i'm gonna leave it here and i'm not gonna go too much into it reacting to good is just as important as reacting to bad so i don't want it to get forgotten that when good things happen you react in just this crazy <laughs> abnormal fanatic way reacting to the good is just as important as the bad it's just that the bad is so much more blown up that we want to focus on because things can get worse when bad things come to you but when good things come we like to think that it's all good good no bad things can come when a lot of good things happen depending on how you react so good things how you react to good things is just as important as the bad and i just want to thank ashley again um for being on the show it was truly it was truly awesome
1: it was i really enjoyed it Um, You know, having this recap afterwards is also great. And I'm looking and saying I got two things on my mind right now opportunity is everything. When opportunity presents itself it's too late to prepare and clear eyes full hearts can't lose.
0: That's it, man. Coach Taylor. I've been trying to get my girlfriend to watch uh, Friday Night Lights with me again because I need to get back in there. I need. I, lately, I've been watching more Kobe Bryant motivational videos in the morning to get my day started. And now I need to get some Friday Night Lights going. And those are the things that get me a kick in the morning and a good cup of Joe. I'm not going to lie. But, um, yeah. No, I mean, that's it's awesome. But, again, for the millionth time, thank you so much, Ashley Collins, host of reporter of Sports Time Ohio and Fox Sports Ohio. Uh, thank you, Coach Chaddock, as always, being on the show, um, killing it, as always. So excited for the next slew of guests and, and to be on the mic. It's good to be back on the mics with you. I missed you. Thank you for your patience through uh, my family's change in life. So um, we're well, super excited, and um, uh, it's, it's, it's a great time. Thank you to all our supporters. Thank you to everyone who's reached out to me and my family about the new baby. It's We're all super excited. Baby and Mama healthy, so everything's good. Um, and if you follow Third and Thirty, if you follow me on on Instagram at Coach Prav, you'll see uh, tons of baby pictures. I'm sure because uh, Uncle P is super excited uh, to be an uncle, so I'm uh, not going to take that for granted. Um, be sure to check out check us out on social media at Third and Thirty Podcast, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, give us a shout uh, if you know anyone that wants to support the show. Uh, please reach out to us um, however you can uh, we want to make this show grow we want to make this thing as big as possible we have great guests we don't want them to go unheard or under the table we want everyone to have the opportunity to to, to, to listen to the show and and learn something because I think this uh, the, the you know we went from Steve Fairchild to ashley collins and it's all in the same realm of motivational and leadership aspects and so it doesn't matter what background you're from what you do for a living what you're interested in i think this is a great uh, great avenue to to get your week or day or whatever started whatever you need um if you need that drive come check us out uh for coach jason chaddock i am praveen coach praveen mantrapagata and this is the third and 30 podcast